Well, good evening, everyone. This is my second time being up here now, and I'm honestly more nervous than I was the first time. My legs, my legs were shaking back there, but I'll just hopefully break the ice and I'll get a bit more comfortable. I'm feeling very prepared, actually, for this. It's yeah, you guys are scary, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I guess a lot of things that you hear is out of all of the gifts in this chapter, um, this you hear a lot that this is the more difficult one, the, um, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Um, I can see why there seems to be a whole lot of confusion in most church circles nowadays. And um, I personally believe I, whatever I have here, I personally believe it is from the Lord and that it is 100% biblical to what scripture will teach us. So, yeah, just saying that from the end. And that's not said in a, any prideful way. I mean, there was a lot of wrestling with the word last night, six hours. So, yeah, I mean, I feel, like I said, I'm feeling pretty prepared, it's just I feel a bit limited based on my ability to speak and communicate all of this information here, so yeah. Um, I wanna start off by giving very, very simple definition of these, two, of, of these two gifts. So first of all, speaking in tongues. What, if, what is the gift of speaking in tongues? Okay, the ability given from God to someone to be able to speak a known foreign language without ever having learned it. The ability given from God miraculously to someone to be able to speak a known foreign language without ever having learned it. And the interpretation of tongues, a gift given from God to someone to take the message of God in a foreign language and be able to clearly communicate its meaning. Its meaning to everyone present. It's not a word for word translation, but accurately communicating the message given by someone who just spoke in tongues for everybody to understand. Just two very simple definitions. And I will start off by giving an example from Acts chapter two. And um, I personally believe, just from all of my studying, that this is the best example that we will find in scripture of these two gifts working back to back with each other. So I think we'll start from verse four. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them, heard them speak in his own language. 
Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. So here, right off the bat, we have a focus. What is the focus of tongues? To declare the wonderful works of God, to magnify God. And before... um, 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 you know, I'm just gonna keep going, and maybe we, and me, and just make more sense of this in a bit. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, "Whatever could this mean?" Now they were. Okay, I'm just gonna slowly go through my notes because I don't want to run ahead and just conjure something up. I want to follow slowly my notes and just try and make sense. So in verse six, we see that they were confused but they heard them speak in his own language. So, so this proves that it was a known language, but they were still confused about it, meaning, meaning they just did not understand the meaning of what Peter was saying. He was there. Peter and all of the apostles were speaking in languages that they personally have, have, have never learned because you, you, you can see here, look, are not all of these Galileans, but they're speaking in our own languages and singing in a surprising tone. And they were, whatever, and they were saying, whatever could this mean? They were hearing the words themselves, but they could not grasp the, the meaning of it. And in comes interpretation, where in verse 14, Peter launches into this sermon where he just, where he interprets everything that he just said and they said they were confused. So Peter interprets everything that he just said. So we see these two gifts working back to back. Now, going to Acts chapter 10, where we see the second example. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision, meaning the Jews, who believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Once again, we go back to the whole focus of tongues. What is the focus of tongues? To to declare the marvelous works of God and to magnify God. That seems to be the focus that scripture tells us so far. Okay. Just gonna quickly glance over my notes here. Those of circumcision were astonished because the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles also. For the first time, salvation has come to the Gentiles. The, The Gentiles were being added to the church. Gentiles are now speaking with tongues in magnifying God. 
the, 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 the Gentiles were sharing in the same gifts that the apostles have. And um, I guess the main reason I'm going through this, it, like it, if you're looking at it, it doesn't seem like a lot. But then as we were studying it last night, the question was brought up, why use tongues to prove salvation has come to the Gentiles? Why is, like, why is tongues specifically being used here to prove that salvation has come to the Gentiles? Because we see here, this is the first instance in the New Testament where a Gentile is getting saved. They're speaking with tongues. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is all the Lord using proof that these people are saved. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And now they're speaking in tongues. Why is God using the gift of tongues to prove salvation? Like what is the whole point? And now here I want to branch off into probably like in, into a very important point here. Why use tongues to prove salvation has come to the Gentiles? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 11. The Tower of Babel. Verse... Four, and they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the son of men have built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they are and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do now why did i go back here because at this point there's only one language that everybody understands they're all perfectly able there's no confusion they're perfectly able to communicate with one another so here this is right after the flood let us make a name for ourselves so here we have sin entering in and it says in verse 6, Indeed, the people are one, but they are one for the wrong reason. They are one because of sin. Sin has entered in, and they are in open rebellion against God. So here we see that their focus here is wrong. In all the, in all the other examples in, in Acts, you see where the gift of tongues was being used. The focus was to magnify God and declare the marvelous works of God. Here they are united with one tongue and they are decided to build this tower and they like pride and let us, and they are, they, they, they have said they've decided to make a name for themselves. And, but they are one for the wrong reason. And what the Lord basically does is here, he confuses their speech so they couldn't understand each other. So the people are scattered and he all gave them different languages. So this is the first time where we see, so this is the Lord purposefully doing this. Very, it's very interesting. It's all God causing this confusion making these different languages and um, as a result these people are scattered it's an important word to focus on here is scattered so what's the whole point of all of this what's the whole point of tongues here why am i going back here with the tower of babel 
It's an entering in with God causing all of this confusion. Now, all the way back to Acts, we have God giving the church the gift of tongues to be able to unify everything again. They've been scattered because of their language and because they can't understand each other. But with the gift of tongues, we now have we now have God we now have God giving the gifts of tongue as a as a way as, as in a way and even showing that he is the desiring unity amongst the people amongst amongst the, the church God scattered them by giving them different tongues but but now with the gift of tongues he is now bringing unity and we can see it in, in this example with uh, Acts 10, with, 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 the, with the Gentiles and with the Jews, we now have both the Gentiles and the Jews all serving one Lord. And these Jews are astonished because of this, because this is so foreign to them. And as proof, these Gentiles are speaking in tongues, therefore showing unity in this way. We know God desires unity within the, the, the church and um I probably didn't explain that the way that I wanted to, wanted it to, but I'm hoping that you guys can put together the pieces there. So yeah. Um, so um, I think we now have a good idea of what tongues is. We have pretty good examples of it. I mean, we have one example of interpretation and um, a few examples of speaking um, and tongues. But I want to focus now on what tongues is not. And for that, I think it's pretty, that's found in, I think a good example of that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Hopefully I'm able to communicate this properly. <clears throat> Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Tongues of men and tongues of angels. This is where a whole lot of confusion comes in. But as a lot of your brothers always say, we have to take the clear to make sense of the unclear. Here we have a saying, tongues of men and tongues of angels. Hmm, this sounds very confusing, but we already know from our previous definitions that it's simply the, the gift of tongues is simply the ability to speak a known language without ever having learned it. So what does he mean by tongues of men and tongues of angels? And it's, I think it's... Um, <clears throat> It's very important to point out that what Paul is saying here, he is not, and I repeat, he is not talking about any ecstatic utterances or any kind of angelical language or any kind of gibberish that you hear in nowadays um, modern churches. That is a modern thing that has come in. It is not a biblical thing. So what does Paul mean when he is when when he is saying this, so the very first word here at the beginning beginning of chapter thirteen is the word though, 
In Greek, that first word would actually be ian, which is better translated, which is better translated if. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So what Paul is actually doing here, he is, he is creating a hypothetical statement. He is basically creating a what if scenario. What if I could speak in the tongues of men and tongues of angels, if that were even all possible, which we know it's not possible because we have our very simple definitions. We, so we know it's not possible to, to speak in the tongues of angels. So, but, so, the base, so the only conclusion is here, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, if it were at all possible to speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love. And that is the focus here in this entire chapter. He is, basically, he is basically saying, even if I could, even if it were possible to speak in the tongues of men and all of angels and to have all of these other gifts, but I don't have love, I am pretty much useless. That is pretty much all that he is saying here. There is no need to further dig into this verse. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's if, 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 um, it's not needed because if we do, we're missing the entire point of this entire chapter, which is love. Love trumps all of these other gifts. And um, I could go on and on, but um, I think there's a time limit. And um, yeah, I, I hope the definitions were clear and if there's any confusion and then maybe quite I could probably answer better off questions instead of being up here and just going on and on and on but yeah um thank you for listening and I hope if there's any confusion again I'd be happy to answer any questions one-on-one -on -one where I'd probably be a bit more comfortable so yeah thank you